three, this is where I landed for today. <clears throat> Peter said, I do not, okay, I should have started back a little bit further, but anyway, they're, they're just walking, going to the temple, and Peter says, I, he passes by this guy who, who's crying out for alms, right, because he's lame and he can't walk and he's asking for money. So Peter says, I do not possess silver and gold, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ, the Nazarene, walk. And seizing him by the right hand, he raised him up, and immediately his feet and his ankles were strengthened. With a leap, he stood upright and began to walk. And he entered the temple with them, walking and leaping and praising God. Did y'all ever sing that song as a kid? Walking and leaping. Anyway, if you didn't, you should, you should find it. And all the people saw him walking and praising God, and they were taking note of him as being the one who used to sit at the beautiful gate of the temple to beg alms. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. And I really felt like this is what the Lord wanted to happen today, and it already happened. <laughs> um, but I feel like there's three things. You know, I'm supposed to have like a clicker thingy, aren't I? Yeah. Oh, are you doing it for me? All right, you can do it for me. Okay. <clears throat> so, so three things about this. What do I have to give? Because Peter said, I don't have silver and gold, but what I do have, I give. He knew what he had to give. And he gave it. And I feel like God is saying, what do we have to give? Who needs what we have to give? And I feel like there's fresh awe and wonder in this season. And, and I felt that even this morning. Like, I was in awe and wonder this morning. And I feel like we need to have eyes that see and ears that hear the awe and the wonder of God. Because he's doing amazing things. He is actually doing stuff in this crazy, crazy time. He's not afraid. He's not helpless. He's not hopeless. But, you know, things are shaking. Anybody feel the shaking? <laughs> what can't be shaken is rising up, though. So let what can be shaken, shake. And we all know the church of Jesus has been through many shakings. <laughs> it's in the first one. The church of Jesus has been through many shakings. The church of Jesus around the world is going through shakings of different kinds. And through storms, through persecution, through hardships, through wars, through terrorism, through pandemics, through world-shaking events, Jesus' people have always been there. Finding what Jesus is doing and doing it. And that's our mission. In the middle of all the crazy, we're going to find what Jesus is doing and we're going to do it. We're going to know what we have to give and we're going to give it. I believe God is raising up reformers. I believe there's reformation happening right now. 
I believe God is raising up believers who believe. <laughs> Seriously. This has revealed a lot of things that we believe or don't believe. It really has. And I believe that it's time to know what you believe and live like you believe it. Because Hebrews 10.39 says, we are not of those who shrink back. We are a people who look like Jesus, sound like Jesus, feel like Jesus, live like Jesus. Jesus came and he lived here and he took on humanness, but he lived his natural life supernaturally. And he intends, intends for us to do the same. We were not meant to just live naturally. We are meant to live supernaturally in a natural world. God chose a barren woman, Elizabeth, to conceive John the Baptist. God chose a virgin, Mary, to conceive Jesus. God chose to do the most important thing in earthly history in a way that was naturally impossible. He's still doing it. God does not live with natural boundaries. <laughs> he broke all the barriers. He broke all the boundaries. He broke all the limitations. Jesus never compromised his message for those who thought it was too hard or too crazy. <laughs> Jesus didn't come the way people thought he was going to. He didn't come like a bulldozer, military leader. He didn't come in with political power and take over and establish reign. And that's what people thought he was going to do. And that's what they wanted him to do. It was really, really hard for a lot of people that he didn't come this way. He came low. He came humble. And he told people, there's a kingdom that's not like this world. The whole point was that, that he wanted to demonstrate that there's a kingdom that isn't like this world. It's a kingdom of love, compassion, mercy, purity, and miraculous power. And he demonstrated this kingdom, and he offered it to anyone who would listen. He knew what he had to give, and he gave it freely and intentionally. And I want to say real quick, Steve may say more about this next week because I know this really touched him. He actually put something about it on social media. But also while we were in Washington, D.C., we, we knew this existed, but we just hadn't encountered it before. So on the National Mall is a tent, a white tent called David's Tent. I didn't realize that... That tent has been there for six years. For six years, there's been this tent on the National Mall. What are the odds? There's a, been a tent on the National Mall. Prayer and worship happens in this tent 24-7. People come from all over the, our country and even other countries and take sessions to make sure that prayer and worship happens in this tent 24 hours a day on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. What are the odds? <laughs> I'm just saying that does not get national attention. That does not get media attention. 
I'm saying this in light of Jesus. Like, this is how he does stuff. And David's tent is releasing the presence of God in our nation's capital 24-7. So, Jesus, he knows no boundaries. He can have a tent on the wall on the mall of Washington, D.C. He knows no boundaries. He shows up anywhere and everywhere. And I want to end with this. And I'm going to really just kind of read it. The name of Jesus. I just want us, because I feel like right now we're just absorbing more and more. I feel like this is what I'm doing. Because there is, I'm just, we don't realize, I don't think a lot of times we don't realize we are bombarded with stuff in our atmosphere, okay? The voices are loud. The narratives are being screamed. They're being controlled. It's crazy. Like, the atmosphere is very thick with division, chaos, fear, unbelief. False narratives, false beliefs, all kinds of stuff in our atmosphere. But Jesus, he's doing stuff. He's not just up there like waiting for this all to be over. <laughs> like, well, too bad all this is happening. Too bad there's COVID. Too bad there's all these tensions. Too bad there's division. Like, no, he's not. But he's not going to do it the way people think necessarily. <laughs> He doesn't always do things the way that we think he's going to do them. And we just need to really listen to him. But I feel like we need to just soak in who he is. So, why is the name of Jesus the most persecuted, most silenced name in all the world? I think we need to just let that sink in. You can talk about God. But if you talk about Jesus, that's when people react. When people want to curse, they don't say, oh, Buddha. They don't say, oh, Muhammad. No, what do they say? They say Jesus Christ for a curse word. Who thought of that? Like, why do so many people do that? Have you ever thought about that? I think about these things, you guys. Why is the name of Jesus the most controversial, the most abused, and oftentimes even silenced name? If Jesus was just a great man, just a great prophet, then why is there such fear about his, just his name? If God doesn't exist and truth is relative, then why are people so concerned over Jesus? People are imprisoned, tortured, and murdered for following Jesus. If Jesus is not really who he says he is, then why such heavy opposition? His name can be abused. His name can be silenced. His name can bring an uncomfortable, awkward feeling to a conversation. His name can even bring a vicious reaction. But... In Philippians 2, it says, God gave him the name that is above every name. 
that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. He is the way, he is the truth, he is the life, he is who he is, and if it were not so, there would not be the opposition, the fascination, the fear, and the hatred for his name. The reality of Jesus changed Saul to Paul. <laughs> the reality of Jesus changed a prostitute into a worshiper. The reality of Jesus changed a woman's life as she got water out of a well. It changed fishermen into nation-changing, history-making, preachers, pastors, and leaders. He, he calmed storms. Sick people got well, food multiplied. The reality of Jesus invades homes, families, schools, restaurants, businesses, hospitals, and government agencies. It knows no boundaries, no limits. He goes where he's welcomed, and he goes where he's not welcomed. <laughs> Just saying, he does. So I've been really struck even recently about you know, because everything going on in Afghanistan, and I'm involved in these prayer groups who are involved with the underground church in Afghanistan. And, you know, in Afghanistan, they refer to Jesus as the man in white. And so many Middle East countries, that is how they refer to him. In Iran, the church is exploding in Iran, exploding. And, and they refer to him as the man in white because he's shown up to so many people as a man dressed in white. And, it, and it's, it's so stirred me up. Recently, we, we were just having dinner with a couple that we're getting to know. And his name is Anthony. But Anthony grew up, his dad was like Italian mafia, like he has a crazy life story but he's in his room as a young man and he just said if you're real Jesus I need you to show me Jesus shows up as a man in white that happened in America that happened in New York state the man in white showed up I don't know why he shows up like that but he does he really does and so even though people are facing unimaginable things just because they believe in Jesus, like, what does that say? Like, I just think we need to just let it soak in because we have what people need. And I feel like as we go... Um, we've already had um, a lot of testimonies. I did want to share one other one um, because Steve and I are part of like different like Zoom gatherings with people all over the world. And this man was sharing a testimony that he was praying for this woman who was blind. And he, he prayed and then he would ask her like, can you see? He did that 19 times. And she started to see. 
And it just so struck me again, like how many times do we give up (laughs) after one time or two times or, you know, we give up. He did that for, he did it 19 times. 19 times he prayed for her and asked her if she could see. And finally, she could read his name tag, the name on his name tag as he was praying for her. So I, I just felt like God wanted to stir us up today that we have what people need, and he wants to show us how to give it away. So I just felt like like as we go this week, the question is, what do I have to give, and who needs what I have to give? Because, you know, Peter, they're just walking to the temple, you know? They're just doing their thing, and they pass this guy, and he's asking for money. And, and, and Peter has a revelation I don't have money. Actually, money's not even what you need. <laughs> but I actually have something to give to you. And I feel like that as we go eat this week, like this is, we're just going to embark on this journey of as we go and we see people who have need. And our, and our first thought is not going to be, well, I don't, I don't have what they need. Our first thought's going to be, what do I have to give them? And I believe that people are, are going to get radically, radically touched just because we take the time to stop and offer what we have to give. I feel like we need to invite people to even just come to church on Sundays because what happened today, how many people need this? So many people need this. So let's stand up. And Jesus, I just thank you so, so much that you really are real, that you really are who you say you are, that you're on your throne. We we read in Revelation, there's a river that flows from the very throne of God. And on either, it's the river of life. And on either side of the river are trees. And then it says, the leaves of the trees are for the healing of the nations. And I'll never forget when God asked me, do nations need to be healed in heaven? Because this was a, like a vision of heaven. And I was like, no. And he said, well, the leaves of the trees are for here and now. And so I just thank you, Jesus that you're so real and right now we just say yes we just say yes to what you're doing in this crazy world that we will not shrink back because what we have is real what we have is what people need and we will not shrink back so We thank you that we have opportunity to look like you, sound like you, feel like you in this crazy world. We say yes to this invitation to offer what we have to give. I just thank you so much for what you did today, God. So much that you encountered us today. It's just who you are. It's what you do. You long to give it away. You long for it. You long for people to engage like we did this morning and just let you do stuff. 
You want to do stuff. So we say yes. We say we are not of those who shrink back. And so thank you, Jesus, for being the way, the truth, and the life. And thank you that what you did this morning is real and lasting and will not be stolen. And thank you that we have overflow to give away. In Jesus' name.